0: Hello and welcome to Research Roundup brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm Christy Milley and each month we'll be looking at what's new in cancer in primary care research and I'll be talking to authors of recent publications and presentations. Today we're speaking with Dr Larry Myers, a postdoctoral research fellow at Cancer Council Queensland. Larry and his team recently published a study in the Journal of Psycho-oncology about mail out bowel cancer screening, identifying the behavioural stumbling blocks. Welcome, Larry.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: This is great. So to start with our first question, early diagnosis of cancer we know is is very important for treatment outcomes, and a lot of cancer research does focus on this area. But um, I think for me, it's safe to say you're probably one of the few researchers I've found that are very interested in the poo kits. So could you tell us a little bit more about bowel cancer screening in Australia and what inspired you to begin this study?
1: Ah, yeah, sure. So um, bowel cancer is interesting because it is very treatable. If you catch it in its earliest stages, most people, have the five-year survival rate is over 90%. However, the problem is most of the time when someone has those early stages of bowel cancer, they have no symptoms. so They don't feel off. They don't feel sick. And by the time they start to notice symptoms, that's when the cancer has already progressed into its later stages and the five-year survival rate drops quite dramatically. So in Australia, we have a national bowel cancer screening program that is designed to detect bowel cancer at its earliest stages, giving each person the greatest chance of survival. Uh, This involves sending out the poo kits that you were just mentioning, where people get mailed when they're 50 years old a bowel cancer screening kit directly to their house, in which they have to collect two poo samples, and then they send that back to pathology lab for processing. And if the test comes up positive, then it's an early indicator that the person might have bowel cancer, and they can go in for a colonoscopy to get a um, more comprehensive diagnosis. And while this program is really effective at finding the early stage bowel cancers or even precancerous polyps, Uh, The participation rate in Australia is very low. It's currently about 43% actually participate in the program. And this can be contrasted to the similar program in the Netherlands, which has a participation rate of about 71%. And across the different types of screening programs, like the ones they have in Scotland and England, we are the very lowest in terms of participation rates. My background is actually in psychology, so I'm always interested in, well, why do people do the behaviors that they're doing? And I find the question of why people don't participate in the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program to be quite interesting because at the offset it sort of sounds like the obvious answer is to give that people just don't want to deal with their own poo essentially and they don't want to do they find it kind of an icky process but when we start to research why people don't participate in the program it turns out to be a much more complicated story of There is some people that find the process a bit off-putting, but for the most part, people don't find it that off-putting because they're a bit older and they've generally had their own kids, for instance, they're used to sort of handling poo and those types of stuff. They're not overly concerned by that, while well, there's other factors that come into play. People often want to participate in the program, but they just forget about it. They, the kit arrives in the mail and they think, hmm, that seems like a good idea. They put it down and set it aside and forget about it. And there's also other limitations to the program such as the actual kit they send out can be difficult to use like the implements are quite small and um, people might find it actually just physically challenging to um, collect a good sample and other complicated reasons like that so i find it very interesting as to why people don't participate in the program and uh, my main research is to understand well what can we do as a system to help people overcome these challenges
0: it's not exactly relevant for this podcast, but I'll share with you that for my PhD, I actually work in dog breast cancer. It's for comparative oncology and the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program. That The kit actually inspired the development of my biobanking kit. My, You'll laugh at this, but my PhD supervisor had recently received it in the mail and and thought that how it was put together might be really good for how we would send a similar kit to to vet so it actually inspired oh. <laughs> my phd <laughs> research Oh wow. um look you kind of covered my second question there which was about current limitations around the effectiveness of the screening program so maybe if we kind of move instead to the study itself and how you've actually gone about investigating the actions of people once they receive the bowel cancer
1: screening kit yes so we were interested in what people do when they actually receive the kit mainly because we have done studies previously, um, like a meta-analysis of the different interventions that have been tried to increase participation rates. And so far, there hasn't been any great intervention that would sort of solve everyone's problems. At best, we have just a couple of percentage points, increases in participation. So we need to start to think about, well, what's happening in real life and why are these interventions not working as, as well as they should? So the idea behind this paper was to understand What did people do once they received the bowel cancer screening kit to understand, well, where can we intervene? As an example, if someone had this really convincing intervention where they had this health message that they went through all the appropriate channels, they did some qualitative studies, they came up with this amazing, really convincing health message that would help people participate in the program. If no one ends up reading the materials that comes with the bowel cancer screening kit then no one's going to read that intervention. So it would kind of doesn't matter how effective the messaging is if no one reads it. So the idea behind this paper was to understand, well, what actions do people specifically do when they receive the kit? What actions do they tend to get um, stuck on that will sort of give behavioral targets for future interventions to either know where they can intervene and that messages will actually be read or what stage along the bowel cancer screening process do people um, need the most help with? So what we did was we surveyed a large amount of people. I think the complete sample for this study was about 1,600 people. And we asked them the same set of questions of what can be done from once you receive the kit to mailing it and posting it back. These questions really came from our previous qualitative research into the area. And they're things like, did you open the envelope it came in? Did you read the instructions? Um, importantly, did you move the bowel cancer screening kit to the toilet where obviously it's is needed to be, and then we can start to see, well, are there groups of people that share similar actions with one another so then we can start to identify are there certain groups of people that need help? It kind of helps to understand if there's certain groups of people that don't participate in the program because then that can guide intervention strategies in the future.
0: So can you now take us through the key findings of this study, you know what groups or subgroups emerged from the survey results?
1: We found there were um, about four different groups of people based on the actions they take after they receive the kit. Uh, the first group is probably the most simplest to explain. Uh, uh, they're the people that complete and return the Bowkans of Screening Kit. So they do all the actions. They read the instructions. They look at the kit implements and everything.
0: They're the students that got A+. Plus.
1: Yes, essentially. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and as grateful as we are for them to fill out the survey, in terms of intervention design, it's not super helpful for us because they're, they're already on their journey. They know what they do. What's more interesting is the three other groups that we found, so we can break down the people that don't complete and return their kit into three separate groups. The first group we found that they simply bring the National Bowel Cancer Screening Kit into their house, so the kit, it arrives in their mail, they bring it into their house, and that's all they do. Then the next group of people we find, they seem to bring the kit into the house, they read the letter that comes with it, but that's it. They don't read the instructions, they don't look at the implements. The third group of people seem to do a lot of actions. They open the envelope, they read the instructions, they look at the implement, but crucially, they don't take the kit near the toilet and they don't end up completing or returning the samples. So it appears that there were sort of three major groups of people that don't complete the kit based on their actions. And each one of those groups will sort of need their own intervention strategy to help them participate in the program. In terms of the type of strategy we can do there, then, is for the people that only bring the kit into their house and don't read any of the accompanying materials. It's going to be a very hard population to target when it comes to health promotion strategies because obviously they don't engage with any materials that come with the kit. So, for those groups of people, we really do need to focus on more like mass media campaigns, which so have been successful in Australia in the past. Otherwise, there's no way to reach them. For the next group of people, where they actually do read the invitation materials, but that's all they read, it appears there is an opportunity there to create some health promotion strategies in the initial accompanying materials, like the invitation letter. So we can start to think about what are the different messages we can place inside of those uh, invitation letter that might be a bit more convincing for that person. Uh, The last group where they seem to do everything but bring the kit into the toilet, it would seem that they... um, tend to have very high intentions like they want to complete the kit they just sort of forget about it so then we need to start thinking of perhaps in the instructions of how to complete the kit maybe the first instruction should be that you need to bring this kit in the toilet and you need to place it somewhere where you won't forget about it so there are just some different types of intervention strategies you can do for these different groups
0: i can see you know as you describe these groups how difficult it might actually be to get people to change these behaviours. And being the podcast that this is for PC 4 and we're all about primary care, um, and we know that, you know, GP endorsement can play a role in improving completion rates for screening kits. I was just wondering if you thought about it all that, you know, the role that GPs already play in, in this type of screening and is there any opportunities to leverage the relationships that patients have with their GPs to improve completion in the screening program?
1: Ah, Yes, definitely. I think that GPs will play a huge role. Unfortunately, in Australia, currently, there's no systematic ways for GPs to get involved in the invitation process or the screening process. But given how important they are to people's health choices, um, especially for this particular age group, GPs, I think, need to play a, a crucial role. For instance, for the first group of people that only bring the kit into the house and don't read any materials, it's hard for the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program to do anything in terms of health interventions to promote screening in that group. But, and that's where I think the GPs will come in very handy because they will have a more direct contact with these potential non-screeners and be able to give them the health information that they might need to encourage them to participate in the program. The other thing that GPs might also be able to help people is to give more practical tips on how to simply just to not forget about completing their screening kit. So I can imagine from a GP's perspective, If they ask their patient, have you completed the bowel cancer screening kit? And they say no. These findings highlight that there's no one single group of people that don't complete the kit. So the GP will need to then ask further questions to understand, well, does the person have motivation to complete the screening kit? What do they normally do? And for instance, if their patient is one of the the participants that have high intentions to complete the screening program, but um, end up just forgetting about it, the group that sort of just don't bring the kit near the toilet, then the GP can focus less on trying to motivate the person to participate in the program because they sort of already have that motivation. Rather, give them more practical tips of when you receive the kit, make sure you keep it somewhere where you can see it so you don't forget about it. Maybe the GP could recommend keeping it near the toilet so that's ready to hand when they need to use it. And maybe have a discussion about what has prevented them from participating in the past. Like, is it a time thing? And maybe we can come up with some strategies to overcome the, um, you know, the scheduling conflicts that might arise when someone tries to plan to do this kit throughout their busy week. The um, GPs can then direct the advice that they give towards their patient based on what group they will tend to fall into based on the findings of the paper.
0: And our last question is always about, you know, what's next? Now that you've identified these four groups, are there plans for you and your team to take this further and and target any of the groups?
1: Uh, Yes. So the two main types of research we're doing to follow up on this is first for that group of people that seem to do everything but bring the kit into the toilet, what we're trying to do is come up with some sort of planning intervention that can be used by um, that group of people that would help them from procrastinating and forgetting to do it. Our first idea is to do qualitative surveys for people that have completed the kit and see, well, what type of plans did they put in action so they wouldn't forget about it? And then we can start to see, well, what types of strategies can we start to implement on a larger scale that is likely going to be used by this um, population of people? And we hope that that will probably be the easiest group to I guess, get over the line to participate because they already seem to be highly motivated. They're already doing uh, most of the actions needed to complete the kit. They just can't just, they seem to stumble at that last little bit there. So we think in terms of largest effects, that population seems to be the the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. So all they need is a couple of prompts to help them not forget about it or leave the kit somewhere where they don't see it. The next line of, other line of research we're doing at Cancer Council, uh, I think it's also with PC4, is to start surveying uh, GPs to understand from their perspective, what systems do they have in place or what systems will they need so they can start to be more involved in the screening process and or well, the invitation process, I should say.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time today, Larry. That was really interesting and good luck with these two next
1: pieces of work. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info pc 4 or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG and there's also our website which is pc4tg.com.au.